Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I am your host, Ben Pokolsky. As always, framing this podcast around the six pillars of a lean, healthy, and muscular body. I hope you're having an amazing day. I hope you've been able to get outside and smile today, bring love into your heart, and ultimately get in the gym and build some awesome physiques soon. It's coming, ladies and gents. Hopefully, the world is starting to open up and let the sun shine in. Let us get outside. Let us get back in the gym and build some muscles. If you're not, if you're already training at home, it's okay. I hope you're making the most of it. I hope you're making the most of every single rep. I hope you're making the most of every single breath. Life is short. Nothing is guaranteed. And I think within every breath, within every step, within every eye movement, within every door we open, there's an opportunity to become present, become aware of what we're doing, how we're doing it, and ultimately create the habit of awareness in our life. And if you can become aware of the things that you do unconsciously, you bring them to the service and allows you to change. So hopefully we all become aware of that and use our exercise as the vehicle for change, right? If you're already training anyways, why not take that exercise you're already doing and use it as your greatest daily opportunity to become more present, to become more mindful, to ultimately become more conscious so that you can start challenging your beliefs, creating a new identity and living your greatest life. Today's guest. Erwan LaCour is an absolutely mind-blowing gentleman. Now, although his history and his background is around natural movement, I will disclose, we didn't talk about natural movement whatsoever. Erwan and I went deep on the esoteric conversation of how to ultimately change your life. We talk about visualization principles. We talk about connecting with your body. You guys are going to love this conversation. He talks basically the entire time and just gets into his zone of genius where you can tell he's speaking from his heart. There's so much amazing value given in this conversation from building your body, building your mind, and ultimately living your true life purpose. So much value. I'm so grateful to have connected with Erwan. I know you guys are going to love this podcast. If you do love the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. You can also now watch these podcasts on YouTube. We've started recording videos since Corona began because I wanted to engage with the audience. We're also doing Q&As live. If you guys haven't become part of the Muscle Intelligence community, I suggest you head over there. It's a great way to interact with myself. You can interact with Ashley and all the amazing community we're building over at Muscle Intelligence Facebook group. You can expect people in there to be uplifting, to be supportive and ultimately create this amazing community where we're lifting each other up. Because I know sometimes right now, especially where we're spending time maybe confined with people that aren't on the same page as us, maybe they're not supporting our goals. We're here to support your goals. So if there's something you need help with, you have a question you want answered, head over to Muscle Intelligence Facebook group, join there. I'd love to hear from you in there, as well as the iTunes subscription box. Go over and click that. Anyways, guys, hope you have a great day. Enjoy this podcast with Erwan LaCour. We're going to talk about natural movement. We've got the man from Mexico, Erwan. How are you doing, buddy? Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me, Ben, and uh, I'm doing great. I just gave you a glimpse of where I live and the view I have, which I'm so fortunate. So yeah, I could not be happier. Normally, I'm the one making everyone jealous by showing videos out my window, but today it's rainy here in Florida, so I get to be a little bit envious of where you are. <laughs> well, I am lucky, yeah. But, you know, my wife and I, we also made our life happen the way we want, so oh, in some ways, you know, like, yeah, yeah we're in the place we want it to be, for sure. 
Good for you. That's so great, man. And I think everyone, there's so much to be learned from that is like this idea of creating your life rather than just allowing life to happen to you. And you know, I'm in that phase of my life now where it's like, what does the next 10 years look like for me? And how do I curate it in such a way that I end up being exactly where I want to be and with nothing left to chance? Yeah, absolutely. That is the story of my life once I left, and even before I left my parents' house when I was uh, you know, just 18, was to build, to design my life the way uh, I want it, which has been a, a whole process of many years. It doesn't happen overnight for sure. You need consistency and vision for yourself. Yeah, one thing I learned, and this is a great lesson for anybody listening, is that you have to be so, I mean, you could tell me what your opinion is on this, but I found I had to be so specific. Oh, 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 oh. Did I lose your... Okay, you're back. Put it on my tab, okay, for everybody who's listening. I am in Mexico, in a little <laughs> tiny fisherman village. I have actually a very high connectivity, but sometimes there are like a few glimpses. So Man, I'll I do it on technology. Yeah, I still got you. So we're good. So what I was saying is I think I'm so good at manifesting my life that I have to be very careful with what I choose because sometimes if you leave the little details out, sometimes things go kind of not the way you want. So when you're creating your life, you got to be very specific and very detailed with what you want. And I find that very much for myself is if I forget to mention something or if I forget to pay attention to one small detail, you get to where you want it to be in life and you realize, damn it, this is something that I missed out. Now I got to go back and fix that. I guess, you know, there are different ways to approach this and it looks like it works really well for you. And uh, just like in life, we have different skills and sometimes we work in the same field, but we have a different method. I guess my method is a little different. I really visualize on the principles and, you know, like the main idea, mm -hmm. and then I go in the flow of it. Yeah, that's the way I, that's the so, way I work. Tell, visualizing principles, tell me what that means. Well, we're, you're talking about manifestation, right? Sure. So now we're talking about something that has nothing to do with our respective, you know, line of work and right. uh, what we do. We're talking about the fundamental principles. It's basically our, our operating system. So the way we operate this and this in the heart and the mind to invite that which we want to experience in this life. This is what it is about. So first off, you have to actually either believe or observe, it's up to you, that idea that you can consciously alter the course of future event is real. To some people, let's talk about that, let's address that because otherwise it's going to be the elephant in the room to begin with, which is that a lot of people would find it impossible, just rationally not possible. To talk about manifestation, you have to understand or to accept the idea that it's not just about, of course, I choose the job I want to do or the, the company I want to start, the place where I want to live, the people I want to hang out. I choose all of that and I think of all of that. But at the same time, when it happens, it's only the result of my direct work, cause and effect. I pick up that phone, I make that appointment, I choose to study that thing, I start that project. Well, that is obviously, it can be called manifestation, but that's just the result of my work. So I'd like to ask you, Ben, when you talk about manifestation and how good you are at manifestation, are you talking about what I just mentioned or are you implying another side of it which would imply that by thought you're altering the course of events with a direct action. Both, 100%. So obviously it takes conscious action and moving toward things you need to be doing, but there's always things that happen. And I think you'll agree, I hope you'll agree, maybe not, a lot of people don't, 
But sometimes you just, you think of something and you're like, hey, this would be really interesting. And almost immediately it appears and you're just like, God, that's just weird. And it's, it's not just Siri or Alexa listening to my conversations, right? It's like, you know, some obscure thing that happens in your life and you're like, I didn't expect this at all. I'm so grateful that this just happened. And uh, I do absolutely believe that's possible. Absolutely. And personally, my life changed dramatically in the direction where I truly wanted to go when I acknowledged that that principle works and then I made it work for me. Mm -hmm. So it's the idea that you are going to invite the exact experience. You're going to have ultimately the exact experience that you invite consciously or that you are constantly entertaining consciously or not and often unconsciously in your mind. So it's in that sense, our mental energy is vibrational and it is going to connect with a certain field that are going to manufacture circumstances that are going to bring you towards those circumstances where you're going to be experiencing what you had in mind. Now, what you had in mind in terms of the specificity of it, where is it, what is it, in what country, in what place, with what people, what is happening, all of those little details. This is endless, right? It can be anything you want because there's so much variety in this world. That's the context. The context is always unique. But what is it that you are going to truly experience that has to do with universal principles? Okay, a car, a trip, a certain amount of money, all of these things, they are not the experience exactly, a relationship. They're not. What is the experience is how you feel inside as you experience the experience, right? And so you have to focus on what is it that you want to feel in that experience that you invite. So brilliant. And that's something we talk about all the time that you have the ability to choose and to curate the way you feel, right? It's not ever letting the world choose your emotions for you. It's I get to choose my response. I get to choose my perception of these events. And therefore, I can determine if these things are suiting my beliefs and my manifestation reality or not. Exactly. So you have to be in control of the experience that you pursue, which implies that you must become great and always better. And that's reminder to self right there as of the experience that you are entertaining in the present moment every time. Every, every time you step out of that which you want to ultimately or experience in the future that you're not experiencing now, that there is a complete correlation between the feeling you're having in the now and what you are inviting. There's no difference. You can't be like, oh, yeah, I don't feel so great now because, you know, I need to manifest this. But once I manifest this, I'm going to feel that way. No, that is not the way it works. Uh, so you can only manifest to the equivalent of the way that you feel right now. Exactly. Yeah. So this is a perfect segue into what you are so brilliantly teaching around the world. And I think it starts with allowing our audience to start to understand what it means to connect with your body. So the society we live in is so disconnected from the way that they feel that they don't know positions. They don't know how to access certain movements. Most people are so emotionally stuck in their mind, their body also becomes 
a reflection of that mind, that nervous system. So I'd love to have you speak to maybe some of your entry points for having people say, hey, we're going to move down this path of teaching your body how to move, call it naturally, call it well. But first, I need you to actually be able to pay attention to this vessel. So many entry points I could use. Let's approach it this way. So another person, another say fitness professional would be like, you want to lose weight? I'm going to make you lose weight. You want to get bigger muscles? I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to help you get big. You want, you know, general fitness, general well-being, you know, energy. I'm going to do, you know, some cardio and stuff and a bit of strength and a bit of everything. You're going to feel great. All these are, are great. There are solutions. For every problem, there's a solution. The same way there is a pill for every physical ailment you could ever have. You have a headache, there's a special pill for that. You have a stomach ache, there's a special pill for that. Right? So in your life, you have any specific issue or that at some point starts to feel like an issue for you, such as feeling disembodied, feeling heavy in your body, you know, not feeling a connection with your body. Like my wife, Jessica, would say, feeling alien to your own body. There are solutions for that, specific solutions for that. My approach, I like to call it a school of real-world physical capability. The primary point is to develop what I consider a true physical education foundation, which is to make your body capable to operate effectively in the real world. That means that you can pass obstacles, you can balance, it's all practical. It's not about do that movement. Okay, and then the indirect result will be you lose weight, you look better, you have more energy. Those are given. If you practice your body, you'll become stronger. You'll have all kinds of positive physiological adaptations that will happen in your body, regardless of what you train. If you do more strength, you'll have more strength. If you do you know, more weight, you'll have more strength. If you do more cardio, you'll have more cardio. If you do more flexibility, mobility, you'll have more flexibility and mobility, right? Just, it will be a direct consequence of your emphasis depending on your personal goals. What I tell people is, don't you want to be capable, regardless of what your exercise is going to make you like, don't you want to have the emphasis, the primary focus on what you do is to become capable to use your body in practical ways, all kinds of practical ways in the real world. And for that, you're going to have to really get into your body so that you can interact with the real world. When you lift and carry something, it has nothing to do when you run and jump over an obstacle, when you hang and climb something, when you hold your breath and dive or swim, when you do all these things, practical things. Why do you want to do martial arts? Because you want the strength, the mental strength, the self-confidence that stems from it, but you also want the real world practical ability to defend yourself if needed. And it goes hand in hand. Becoming capable of defending yourself will make you feel more self-confident. And seeking self-confidence will have to rely on something real, such as real skills, real ability to fight or defend yourself. Okay. When you do that, you're a sensei, a teacher, MMA teacher, whatever you call it, coach, is not going to tell you, look, you look too overweight, you're too overweight, or too skinny, not strong enough, whatever way they look at your body, and tell you, why don't you go to a gym, train hard, and you come back fit, and then I will start to teach you techniques. That's not the way it works. They right away teach you techniques, knowing that as you develop the skills through those specific techniques, specific physiological adaptations will take place. Yes? Yes. That's the approach. 
which totally makes sense. So you will focus mostly on the drills, the skills, drilling the skills, the motor learning, the neuromuscular patterns, the muscle memory, whatever you call it, mm-hmm. so that you can do the techniques fast, accurately, with effectiveness. And knowing that as you do that, you get, become stronger, more flexible, more cardio, lose weight, gain strength, all of those positive physiological adaptation are the result. And on top of that, to support the skills, you can do specific drills for, hey, here I need more strength for that technique in that specific body part. Here I need more flexibility for that technique in those specific areas, your rib cage, your spine, your whatever, more strength in the neck, more flexibility in the hips, that it is for ground movement, jiu-jitsu, that it is for, uh, you know, standing and movement on your feet and, and, and kicking and all of that. It's specific to that practical real-world effectiveness that you are seeking okay what i do and what i teach and what my team teaches worldwide is nothing but that expanded to the full range of human natural movement skills we're talking about running you know anything gait walking running balancing jumping moving on all fours ground movements get ups rolling all of that hanging and climbing Manipulative, those are locomotive movements about, you know, locomotion through space. Then you have manipulative skills that also should involve locomotion through space. For instance, why do you lift heavy? You lift heavy so they can carry something. It's not just about you lift on the spot and lift on the spot and drop and lift and drop. You also have to carry things. And where do you have to carry things? On diverse terrains, on uneven terrains, maybe on, you know, rocky terrains, unpredictable terrains, slippery terrains. So if you don't have the ability to move your body well on those terrains, you may have strength to lift and lift something heavy on a flat surface in a gym, but it's not going to work when you have to actually carry the load, maybe on your shoulder, on this kind of terrain. This is what we emphasize, specific adaptation to impose demand. So it's not just those skills. It's not just, okay, I'm going to run on a treadmill. I'll have a running. I'm going to do pull-ups. I'll have a climbing. I'm going to jump up and down on the box. I'll have the jumping. This is an extreme simplification. No, you'll have to go for a diversity of context Mm -hmm. where you apply the techniques, and I'll I'll be be finished with that, Uh, where you will become adaptable. It's just like when you parry with different kind of guys, different body types. You're going to, you know, parry against the guy who is, you know, tall and lanky and light, but fast, and the other guy who's maybe shorter, bigger, maybe crazy explosive or slower, but when you get a hold of you, you know, like it's, oh, you can't get out of it. It's not just about knowing the technique. It's how to apply, say, a jiu-jitsu technique, you know, like a choke or anything, or a strike on a diversity of openings, all different. This is what makes the real good fighter. He's the guy who has no holes and he can fight anybody and right away find out how to get them. That's the good fighter. So the more monodimensional you are as a fighter, the more holes you have. Okay, so as a mover, as a natural mover for the real world, if you can run, but you can only run on distance, but not for speed, or you can run for speed, but not on uneven terrains where you're going to hurt your, don't want to be mean, but you're going to hurt your fragile ankles right away. You're going to sprain them because you're not used to it. Your eyes are not used to the terrain, to anticipate the terrain, to adapt to the terrain. So that's what I'm talking about. Why do you want to exercise number one is so that you can acquire the skills and be equipped with the skills that make you capable and autonomous and potentially helpful to others in the real world in a day-to-day fashion, which is just about moving furniture and helping friends 
or in more demanding and unexpected situations where you don't have time to call 911 or something needs to be done right away. And if you're not in shape or if you're not in shape in that practical way of capability is the mixing of, of movement competency, the skills and capacity, the physiological adaptations. And you need both. And if you don't have that, then you're not ready. If you're not ready, then you're helpless to yourself and to others. And I'm here to tell people, just become helpful. Just become capable. Mm -hmm. You drew a really interesting correlation to physical capability and confidence and maybe competence. Can you talk about that? So I think human beings in general are lacking confidence. And obviously, some don't. Some have false confidence. Some have a true confidence. I think the ability to develop confidence is something that all of us work on. And you drew a correlation there between physical competency and confidence. And I would love to have you talk about your belief or your approach in how those things correlate. So obviously, if I know that I'm physically capable in all circumstances, maybe then, by the sounds of it, I have some increased level of confidence. You have, for sure, even though it's partial, confidence has to do with context. So let me give you an example. Let's say you develop all these movement skills I'm talking about, and you feel very confident about that. But you have one Achilles tendon, is that you fear water, and you never train swimming and diving and anything like that. Well, if something happens that requires water skills, you're not self-confident at all, and you could as well panic. So the context is everything. It doesn't matter that you can run and lift heavy and jump over obstacles with precision. You're done. You're in the water. That's your kryptonite. That could be a guy who actually has all these movement skills, can swim, can dive, hold his breath. Now you have him climb 10 feet high and they have vertigo and it's irrepressible. And there's nothing they can do in their mind. They just can't take it. They start to shake and they have tunnel vision, all the symptoms and all they start to be dizzy and almost don't want to faint. Some people have that badly. Okay, so the context is everything. So back to specifically to your question, to become physically capable for the real world is a great asset and it will definitely boost your self-confidence enormously because you know that you can walk the streets and walk through life and anything happen, you'll be able to run, you'll be able to uh, climb and jump and pass obstacle, anything happens. You'll be able to help, you'll be able to uh, pull somebody out of the water, I don't know what could happen. You'll feel confident that you can do that to get you out or get somebody else out of a tight spot. Now, you may have that, and then you go to a social event, and you feel no self-confidence. Because the kind of self-confidence, you don't have social skills. So it's not really helping you. Okay, a lot of young guys, they want to get bulky, right? They want to have big arms and stuff. It's, it's a very common thing in male. I, mean, I was there too. I mean, I was a teenager. I wanted to, you know, I started to do push-ups and pull-ups and heavy squats and stuff. Because at that point, my body look mattered to me a lot. And I thought, if I'm looking strong like this, I feel better with myself. So I'll feel better, say, you know, around girls and things like that. But the truth is, it did help a little, but just a little. Because in the end, context is everything. Mm -hmm. So self-confidence is always backed up by the skills you rely or you, the skills you have, the real ability you have is the foundation for you. It's like the self-confidence is the crown on top of the body that is the ability that is your rock and you can rely on. Does that make sense? Yeah. Otherwise, you're just trying to talk yourself into a pseudo self-confidence. You try to be like, have a crown of 
I'm confident, I'm confident, I'm confident, I'm confident. If I repeat it myself enough, I'll believe in it, and then it will work anytime, anywhere. And then it just goes like that. Just one person talks to you in a way, you're like, and you don't know who you are, you don't know what you think, you don't know what to say, and you're not confident. It's just, your confidence crumbles. Why? Because maybe the person exposes things you are confused about, about yourself, and they read you right away, and then right away, and boom, they get you, right? Because people do that. So self-confidence is the symptom, the skills, the ability. Now, that's the foundation. That's the cause of your self-confidence. Confidence is the shine, and then you feel it as the nectar that comes from your practice, whatever your practice is, whatever the way you practice yourself. And that's why I like to say, for me, natural movement is a physical expression of my spirit, and it's a spiritual expression of my body. It goes hand in hand. That's in my book. It's a quote from my book, because to me, that is the same. What I'm looking for is not just physical. And when I'm looking for the mental or whatever you call it, spiritual part of who I am and who I choose to be in my life, it's not just thinking. There's an interaction with my body, with an interaction with the world outside of me, the ocean, the plants, the rivers, the animals, the whatever it is. Yeah, that's fantastic and amazing. And I want you to start teaching us what are the foundations of starting to access that thought? Because... I think many people, and you know, to be honest, myself included, for many years, are very disconnected from my body. And the idea of reconnecting with natural human movement—what are those foundational things that we want to start with, so we can start connecting, as you say, your movement and mind with, or I guess maybe you just start off with your mind and your movement, right? What allows you to connect with your body? Remember when I talked about there is a solution for every problem. Mm -hmm. You have a headache, you don't take any pill. You take the one pill that's for headache. Mm -hmm. You're depressed, you don't take a pill for uh, going to the bathroom. You take a pill for, you know, an antidepressant. Sure. A mood enhancer. Okay. So when you think of it that way, then we realize that our culture has compartmentalized everything. Mm -hmm. Everything is a compartment and a box with an expert or some kind of authority for each thing. And by the way, natural movement is not supposed to be that. By fact, is that. It's like you want to learn to be capable and to move naturally with effectiveness, with efficiency. That's what we teach. So uh, we are not there to, hey, we don't have a lose weight fast program. That's not what we do. So we specialize on that. This is what we excel at. This is what we're really good at. We don't pretend to be good at everything. But this thing, we are the leaders in the world about. So this being said, we are taught to look for specificity because we are taught to specialize in our life. Hey, what do you want to do in your life? What's going to be a job? So you're going to start to specialize. What sports do you choose? Do you want to run? Do you want to do tennis? Do you want to do baseball? Do you want to do basketball? You are constantly harassed for choosing a specialization of some sort in your studies, in your sports, in your activities. I'm telling you this, it's not that specialization is bad in itself. Specialization has many advantages, such as becoming really good at something, which makes you, by the way, confident, at least at something. And you can talk about it. Hey, I'm an expert at this. This is my thing. And people are, oh, wow, really? Wow, you can do this? You know that? That's, whoa. And you can shine with your specialization, mm -hmm. with your achievements in a specialized activity, 
So there are good things. So many great discoveries have been made because people, scientists, researchers, workers, whatever, uh, artists, sports people have specialized in one thing. So there's really some advantages to that, some beauty to it, and it, it participates to improving everybody's knowledge, what we know about the world, everything. Now, how about you, 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 me, everybody in their life? Do we need to be that specialized? And how do we compartmentalize our life? Okay, right now, this is the me working. And then this is the me being social. And then this is the me on vacation. And then this is the me being in love. And then this is the me having my little uh, secret garden or, you know, a caveman or whatever it is, uh, like little things, my hobby, my, my little thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like we are a different person for each of those activities. Okay, this is leading me to... What if you were to see your life as the practice of energy at every level? Breathing 24-7, energy, eating, what do you eat? When do you eat? Movement, when do you move? How often do you move? What kind of movement do you do? Why do you do them? What do you pursue? How does it make you feel? What do you pursue with your food? Why are you eating a certain way? Why are you living a certain way? What experience do you pursue? What is that specific choice that you make that you maybe forget that you made the choice? Nobody put that junk food in your belly but yourself. It's not shoved down by force by somebody else. And nobody put that healthy food in your body. Nobody's telling you, you should eat healthy and everything, and then you listen. No, it's like you make the decision. Nobody puts you in that couch and forces you to stay there for an hour. Nobody puts you in that gym or in, that, in nature and telling you to move and train and get stronger. So that you're aware of your choices or that you're not aware of your choices, but you should be aware of your choices. You should look at everything you do in your day from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed and including what you dream about at night. You should pay attention to what is it exactly that you choose and you should start to consider if you truly want to empower yourself, then start considering that everything is of your choice. Everything is of your choice. And if you don't acknowledge that, then you're disempowered because you will keep telling, no, well, but I'm not really choosing this. I'm not really doing that. It's not me. It's not my fault. It's the circumstances. My parent, my wife, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, and, and, and my, my neighbors, uh, Santa Claus, whatever, the Pope. It's always somebody else. So unless you totally look at every detail of what you do, why do you put those clothes on? Why do you have that conversation with people? Why do you emphasize on those topics, on those thoughts, on those kind of feelings? What's the deal? What's your deal? What is it that you entertain and that you don't even see yourself entertaining from morning to evening? And what is it that you dream of? And what is it that you truly want? And how does everything that you do and think about and feel, how does it make you feel? Because this is making your experience that you call life. And that experience that which you call life is the result of all of those things. Everything is interconnected. So if you want to empower yourself to have the experience that you truly say you want, then pay attention closely and start making better choice that actually truly support that experience that you claim to want. There's so much ambiguity in the world. You speak of breathing for energy, eating for energy, moving for energy. How do we begin to know what's right for us? Because I think a lot of people oftentimes make their decisions based on other people's expectations and other people's goals and objectives. Do you have any advice on 
how do I know what I should eat? How do I know how I should breathe? How do I know how I should move? It's very simple. That answer will be like the fastest I've provided so far. Pay attention to how it makes you feel and check out if it makes you feel the way you want to feel. Hey, everybody, I interrupt this podcast to bring you a special message from our sponsor today, Billings Seafood Guys, otherwise known as the Wild Alaskan Seafood Bucks. If you're someone who likes amazing quality food, if you insist on putting the best into your body because you want to get the best out of your body, you're absolutely going to love this service. These guys literally created this on my request because I knew there would be such an amazing demand within this community to ultimately get access to the highest quality Alaskan wild-caught seafood. Billings reached out to me last August. We had a bit of a conversation and I knew you guys would love this. You weren't able to get it launched until spring, but the timing was absolutely perfect for Corona because I knew a lot of people couldn't leave their home. I knew a lot of people wouldn't be able to access great quality food at their groceries. So now anywhere across America, you can head over to wildalaskanseafoodbox.com and use the code BEN for $20 off your first order and free scallops for life. As long as you say subscribed to the Wild Alaskan Seafood Box and I will vouch for the quality of the stuff. I try it. I use it. I love it. I've tried other meat services and other seafood services in, in particular. To be honest, I wasn't all that happy with them. I canceled them after the first month. I was disappointed. Billings is fantastic. Super high quality. You can taste the quality. And for people that don't like fish, that was me. I hated fish. I had to eat it when I was competing, or at least I thought I did. But this is a different level. If you haven't tried really high quality fish, do it. And I'm going to be giving you guys some awesome recipes the way I prepare it in the simplest meathead way possible on the Muscle Intelligence Facebook group coming up as well. So head over to wildlastseafoodbox.com and enjoy the rest of the episode with Erwan LaCour. That is, in theory, an easy answer. So we have a paradigm in life that says this is correct, right? People live in a, in a black and white reality, right? If I'm a vegan, veganism is the best way to eat. If I am on a keto diet, if I am on a carnivore diet, if I'm a bodybuilder, if I'm an MMA person, because of the avatars that have come before us, they're telling me this is the best way to approach it. So even though maybe I'm pursuing something and I have an objective and a target and I say, well, that's what everyone who's come before me has done, therefore I should model them, but it doesn't feel right to me. So precisely pay attention to the way it makes you feel. And that answer might not be instant. It may not be an overnight. And it really depends on what it is. If it comes to, say, diet, you may have an instant answer, but you also may have an answer that's on the course of several days, several weeks, several months even. And also you have to pay attention to how things connect because remember that idea of compartmentalization and how it just doesn't work because the person who works and the person who plays and the person who is in love and the person who does physical, say, fitness, and the person who does whatever activity is the same person. There's no difference. So everything alters your experience and your levels of energy and your levels of satisfaction. Because in the end, it's about satisfaction. We should be thinking, hey, I've really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed that meal. I've really enjoyed that moment, that conversation, that person, that night of sleeping, that lovemaking, that gardening, whatever it is. I've really enjoyed it. It made me feel good. We should find satisfaction. We should not stick and stagnate entertaining things that are proven to be just not satisfying to us. A person who does not like gardening or taking care of plants should not do that. 
But if that's what makes you happy, then maybe you should do it more. A person that is not making you feel good or the kind of person that does not make you feel good, well, you should pay attention to what's the deal there. Is it that they have a teaching for you? You need to realize that there's something that is actually you have to change? Or are they just, you're not the problem. The problem is that you are aware that these are not the kind of people you should hang out with, and yet you find yourself picking the same kind of person every time and having the same kind of arguments and stuff like that. So what's up with you? Are you paying attention? Are you doing your homework? What is this telling you? And is it the experience that you want? And if you say, no, that's not the experience that I want, then you have to ask yourself, why is it that it repeats itself then? If you don't want it, why is it still there? Why is it always coming back? So what it comes back to is you have to challenge your belief system or challenge what you think you know and maybe challenge what society tells you is the ideals to pursue and feel. Look, Ben, I think that society is an easy scapegoat. And yet I agree with you because I've always said the same. So I have to agree with you too. I just, let's say, would like to mitigate that a little. You are absolutely right. There is undeniable that society and you've mentioned it twice, like what the world imposes to you and what society you know, wants you to be. And there's no doubt that we're all impressionable and that we cannot deny the culture, what surrounds us. Like, for instance, right now, there is all that coronavirus thing. Everybody's talking about it. It's been months and it's heavy, heavy on people's lives, on people's minds. There's so much negativity around it. Even if you don't want to think about it and talk about it, you will feel the energy right? Because we're connected. It's like, um, you know, you see a flock of bird or a school of fish and they move like one, but they're hundreds or thousands. The coral in the ocean starts to move. It's like awake at the same time, regardless of wherever they are on the planet. There are like these things of connection, depending on the species. We talk about collective psyche. There's no doubt that your surrounding, your context, family, but also society, country, all of that will impact the way you individually feel and the way you think about yourself, the way you see the world, all of that. No doubt. So agree with you. Let's say where I wanted to mitigate is if we keep saying that the world around us makes us who we are, then we are disempowered. The only way to empower yourself is to endorse full responsibility as of what your experience is. And I know that you can say, well, this happened to me when I was a kid. I didn't choose that. Yeah, but... Today, as a grown-up, what is it that you truly choose? And let's say, if you don't have the life you want or certain aspects of your life are not what you want, that you definitely would like, would love to have better, but maybe you don't, and maybe you could. What makes you think that you can't have that? Well, it's because you think that you can't have that. You cannot have it. You think that you cannot have it. You think that you cannot be that. You think that you cannot have that experience. So, well, if you start that way, then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because every time you think of what you really desire, you're telling yourself, can't, no, mm -mm, not for me. It would be great, but no. No, so I'll be happy with just that. I'll be happy with that, that level. I, like that, I'll be happy with that, but I, like that. Or I'll be happy with here, but I like somewhere else. Or I'll be happy, or like I'll be content, like kind of, how fat satisfied with this? But what I truly would like is that. Okay. 
what prevents your energies, your mind and your time and everything to go in that direction, to have a confidence that things can't change. You have to have that confidence. You have to believe for yourself. You have to invite it. You have to go straight into the feeling that makes you think the opposite, that makes you entertain the opposite of which you consciously claim to want. Tell me about your daily practices to connect with that. So consistency, consistency. You have to pay attention to how you use your thoughts and your feelings on a daily basis all the time. And again, reminder to myself, reminder to myself. There is never a moment where you won't be challenged to do that better. And the better you do it, the better your life. But when you forget and when you entertain or you don't forget, but you keep entertaining certain behaviors, mental behaviors, certain feelings, so emotional behaviors that you know are detrimental to you, and you don't tackle those. You don't stare at them to dissolve them and to replace them with the feeling you want to have, the experience you want to have now in the moment. So you entertain them, and so you magnify them, and so they stay and they get stronger. You are fueling them. That's really what you fuel kind of thing. You starve what you don't want and you keep fueling what you invite at every level. But it starts in the mind and in the, in the heart, in the emotions and in the mind, in the thoughts. If you don't have both and you don't work on both, for instance, if you try to convince yourself mentally of, oh, yeah, and I'm this and that. And if the thoughts and the emotions are not aligned, there's some bullshit there. You're bullshitting yourself. We're trying to tell you, oh, yeah, I'm self-confident. Those are words. Those are thoughts. If you close your eyes and you delve into your heart and you try to see if your heart puts its money where your mouth is and if the, the emotion, you're like, oh, I'm self-confident. And you get in there and you repay really attention to what's your emotion as you say that. And then you're like, the truth about yourself. I'm not self-confident. It's not true. I'm trying to make myself self-confidence. I'm trying to believe that I'm self-confident. But it's a mental belief. It's a mental affirmation. Mental affirmation won't get mistaken. So important. So important. In manifestation, but when we, I talk about manifestation, I'm not talking about like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have this great house and this great car and whatever, this great career. I'm not talking about that. This is secondary. This is what you're going to have. What you're going to have is the result of what you're going to do. Or what you're going to do is the result of who you choose to be. So manifestation starts with who you choose to be. What is it to be? It's to have an experience. How do you have an experience? You have an experience with your thoughts and with your emotions. What is it that you entertain? Go right there. Focus on that. This is where the self-mastery starts. Otherwise, you're just confused with details. Oh, yeah, I'll be in that country. Oh, yeah, I'll you know, have that kind of chick. Oh, yeah, I'll have this kind of body. Oh, yeah. Plus, if I had like this tattoo on it and this, and I'll look exactly like that. I want to look exactly like that, man. I'll be dope. Like, I'll be so charismatic and everything. It's just, you are losing yourself. Don't get me wrong. To have a great body and to be satisfied, to have beautiful tattoo that you, is meaningful to you. I'm not saying if it's meaningful, if it's really aligned beautifully and meaningfully with who you choose to be and everything is aligned, then it's beautiful. But if it's just a surface thing, you know, you're trying to paint yourself with gold, but underneath, that's a different metal. So go put the gold in the heart. Go put the gold in the thought. This is where you've got to remove the dust that prevents you from having the best experience 
the true experience that you could invite, what is it? It's to me, in my value system, it's necessarily positive. It's necessarily like good things to happen to me and to the people I love, to my family and to my friends. And then by extension to everybody, to wish goodness to everybody and to experience goodness within as much as possible, as often as possible. And to keep mediocrity at bay, as Van Morrison would say in one of his songs. And what is mediocrity? Well, anything that is not the best version of ourselves, the best version of the experience, the kind of experience we have a potential to have, which is just goodness, happiness, gratefulness. You know, in the end, that you're a Buddhist or a Christian, they all talk about the same principles. You can call that karma, and then in karma, you know, there are the bad deeds, and you need liberation from that, and the Christian is going to say you need redemption from that, and the bad deeds are sins. And karma is your soul, you know, your soul journey uh, into this world and things like that. They, they all talk about the same principles, just in a different light with different words. But in the end, it's all the same principles. There is a battle between good and bad, between light and darkness, between goodness and evil. And this is why there are really bad people in this world doing really bad things. You have really good people doing really good things. And then you have people who are in between and trying to figure out things. So you have those books about manifestations and those stuff and all. And yeah, and it's great. Yeah, how are you going to have, uh, what's the secret to have this perfect house, perfect everything? But they're talking about manifestation, what you're going to have. And then people are like, oh, yeah, can I learn to manifest what I'm going to have? Because I want to have that and I want to have that and I want to have that and I want to have that. Dude, you're not going to have anything if you are not that. Yeah. That's it. What you're going to get is a direct result of who you are. Who are you? Well, who you are is what you experience right now in the eternal now, right now. Right now. Are you good? Are you good? It's a challenge because there are forces. There are beneficial forces. There are beneficial influences. You can call that, you know, oh, don't say forces. It's like cuckoo kind of term. Okay, talk about influences then. Influences that imprint impressions on you. Let's say you look at media all the time, 50 times a day. What are the impressions you get from that? Negativity, depression, all the time, all the time, divide, people insulting each other, people talking about the end of a world. Oh, and then some solutions, maybe we're going to be saved and this and that all the time. Okay, looking up to people who are great singers, great dancers, great all of that, but, you know, they also have, in other aspects, completely shitty lives. And they're not necessarily smart, and they're not necessarily wise, and they're not necessarily happy. They just have that thing that everybody is, like, dreaming to have. It's like they have popularity and success in that way, but they may not have success in every way, in other way that matter. So before you... Focus your energy on like, yeah, I got to achieve this in my life. You know, I got to be, a, you know, a seven digit, you know, this and that. Like you're placing the cart. What's the expression? You know, play cart right before the horse. Right. Part of my French. Um, sometimes not so good at those pillars. Say, but that's what you're doing, really. That's what you're doing because you have not done the fundamental, the foundational work of understanding truly who you are and what you want to experience. So you go for what's easy. You go for what. What glitters and that looks like gold to you, but it may not be gold. 
So for those people who are living with a disconnect and they identify a disconnect between, you know, it's like this idea of the cognitive dissonance between their heart and their mind, and they identify, I'm not living in my, in my heart and where I want to be. Is it as simple as identifying who you want to be and, and start living into those realities, I guess, living into those emotions and being that person and being the person you want to become will then express as this harmony between the heart and the mind? I'm not sure I understand. Uh, I, I would like to make sure that I understand. Sure. So if I intellectualize that I want to be confident, I want to be happy, I want to be fulfilled, I want to feel love, I can intellectualize that. But maybe I can't embody that, or at least I don't embody that yet. I feel like I'm not happy. I'm not always nice. I'm sometimes experiencing the stresses of the world, and sometimes they're overwhelming. What is your suggestion? to start moving toward being the person you want to be. You want to check out your emotion about it. That is truly how you truly feel about you before you only think of it. Thinking of it is not necessarily feeling it. There's something that bothers you. Clearly, if you want to have something, it's because it feels that you don't have it and that bothers you. It's the same thing with physicality. So number one, check out quickly where you're at in your emotion. Do you feel that that's really something that you don't have? Do you think that it's really something that you deserve, that you're capable of, that you really want, that you're ready to commit to get? And number two is to just have patience. Patience. You may not have a breakthrough overnight. You may not have a significant change overnight, an epiphany. Things take time. Look at the way you train the body. Let's say if you just do, say, bodybuilding. Man, it's patience. It's hard work. It's commitment. And it's progressions. And it's recovery. And do the work again. And feel it. Have a feeling in your muscles of the way you do certain movement. Visualize how you want to look at the same time. Very powerful when you do bodybuilding. You visualize. I like to say bodybuilding is a philosophy. I'm just using an example here. And people are like, this is not philosophy. You just want to be big and all. I'm like, precisely. Because your body doesn't want to be big, your mind wants to be big. Your mind has a representation of yourself as being big, as in muscles, kizzled, bulky, looking strong, looking beautiful. There's an aesthetic to it. And then having the benefit of what it makes me feel when I kind of have the mirror of people looking at me and they're like, whoa, whoa. they turn their head and they look at me, but yeah, I know I'm big, you like it, huh? Okay. It's there. That's one of the things that satisfy us. It's a philosophy. We expect a certain experience in our mind and heart through the way our body is going to look like. As we train, we already have part of that instant gratification. When we train, we start feeling stronger. We do feel strong in our body, strong in our mind and all. It, it pumps us up. I've never done bodybuilding, but I've done Actually, I've done a form of bodybuilding, which is to some extent, you know, doing biceps curls and stuff. I've done that in the past. I know exactly how it, ma it made me feel. I know exactly what it brought to me. So that's a metaphor for if somebody wants to be strong right away or looking strong right away and they realize that it's not going to happen with, you know, going to the gym three times is going to be a whole process over at least a year to start to look really good and then several more years to refine every little thing to start to really kizzle and to just make it like elite level so much time and energy you have to put in there and that time and energy is not placed in other aspects of your development as a person 
you don't just build a person by building their body. So you don't just build self-confidence by building self-confidence in one compartment, one aspect of who you are. So a lot of people, they get discouraged, disheartened right away because they're like, you know what? So oh, wow, I have to go through all of that? Like, forget about it. And when it comes to uh, what we teach, natural movement, it's the same. It's the same as if a person goes to a gym three times, six times, and then they have a hole they just bought in January, New Year's resolution. They bought a whole membership for a whole year, and they're going to go for three weeks at most, and then they quit. Yeah. Because they realize, oh, wait, 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 wait. That's commitment, that thing. Commitment. So when people say, oh, well, nothing works, <sighs> nothing works. You want to ask them first, like, what do you mean nothing works? What have you tried for the problem you say you have? What have you done? And for how long have you done it? How did you do it? What was your, your true mindset about it and your true feeling about it? Did you believe in it in the first place? All kind of things. Everything plays a role. So it's, it's more complex than it looks. So accept the idea that whatever it is that you want to improve in you, in your experience, in your life, that it is physical, physiological, psychological, emotional, spiritual, and then social, professional, financial, all different aspects of what you call you, what you call your life. It's always a step-by-step -step process. You have to put the work in. Nobody is going to do it for you. If you cannot empower yourself, who will? Nobody is going to do it for you. So you have to look at it as a lifelong pursuit. And it starts now. But what's going to make you self-confident, actually, is to know that if you are genuinely committed with confidence, with clarity, and with consistency into that process, even when it's difficult, even when you feel that I haven't learned anything, I have not yet cracked that nut, I still haven't made a real progress on this or on that and that. But have you stopped trying? Have you stopped being on it? No, you're there. You're in the process. You're committed. You have clarity about it and you have confidence and you have consistency. Keep doing it. Keep being it. Keep choosing it. Keep inviting it. And it will happen because it is happening in the process. Things are unfolding until they are revealed to you as an experience where you're like, hallelujah, boom, we did it. Good job, bro. Absolutely amazing information, Erwan. What else can I say? You took that and ran with it, and I think you've inspired thousands of people and hopefully millions of people around the world. Seriously, like that was so much value, and Thank you. I'm super grateful for that. I'm sure people are going to want to check out what you do and learn more about you. Where's the best place for them to, to find you and do that? Well, first off, I appreciate your good words and your compliments. And I, I, I came here to talk about movement, natural movement, right? And uh, we, we... Listen, you, you opened up a lot of minds, which will have people pursuing what you teach. You know, well, yeah. You know, it's part of, uh, by the way, well, I was part of my vision many years ago, about 15 years ago now, when I decided to do what I'm doing now. Nobody knew me. I didn't have experience. I didn't have finances. I didn't have a network. I didn't have credential, nothing. But I had a vision that I would bring that idea of natural movement to the whole world to help people in their lives, to give them tools so that they could learn to operate their body and train physically in a way that was really meaningful and really profound and really effective, very efficient. So I designed a whole method for it. 
but things happened. I, I got into men's health fitness with a feature length article. There's like some magic that happened that put me on the on the way and propelled me onto the scene to do what I, I'm doing now. So what I'm doing now is started with an idea that was only in my mind. So my point is that's manifestation. And you can do the same in your life for whatever it is that you want to experience. You, well, you may not be, say, president of the United States, even though you never know. But what you have to understand, if you acknowledge that the external world can impact you, then you have to acknowledge that you can impact the external world. You can impact it, obviously, let's say if you decide to travel there, you're going to find yourself in Tibet. If that's where you want to be, you can do that. But you can also, by thought and by vision and by visualization and by, by heart, invite the circumstances you want. So this is not something that I teach. This is something I was really uh, just happy to talk about and share today with you, Ben. I'm actually writing a, a book about it. But what's important is to walk the walk. So, you know, I'm backing it up with the way I live my life and what I've done in my life. But uh, otherwise, when it comes to uh, MoveNat, it's MoveNat.com, M-O-V-N-A-T.com. And we've been doing real events, workshops all around the world in multiple countries that have an international team for about a decade now. Uh, we've trained special forces. We've trained elite MMA fighters. But we also have been teaching people online. We have online coaching. We have two e-courses. We have what we call MAPS, which are free weekly programs with videos and all. We've been doing a lot of work, my team and I, for years now to help people get started, not just moving nature, just not telling them, hey, go climb a tree and that's it. That's going to be a revolution for you and you, we don't need you to know anything else. We've been teaching people techniques on how to be efficient and safe doing these things and how to progress and do sound progressions and safe progressions, but we've used the whole scope of tools, one-on-one -on -one coaching, online coaching, indoors training, outdoors training, one-day workshops, multiple-day workshops, licensed gyms that where you can go and then just right around the corner and that network is growing and growing. I have a book called The Practice of Natural Movement. It's a 480-pages book. People call it the, the Bible of natural movement. So many techniques, the whole philosophy, but that's just 20% of the book. All the rest is just practical knowledge on how to get started with your own practice. The maps, you sign to our newsletter on uh, movenat.com, and uh, you will get those in your email every week. And that's especially good now because of confinement and all. We have communities on Facebook and all. And then we have those online courses that have programs in them, so you can follow and videos. Everything is done highly professionally. So we've been doing our educational work to bring this experience, to bring this capability to the world, to everyone. We have families training together. We have neighbors and friends training together. We have people training solo. We have specialized athletes to do that. Right now, I'm working with a, an elite freediving champion. We are, we've trained again, uh, we've trained the military special forces. We've trained people who came back from injuries from uh, all kinds of demographics. We have tons of healthcare practitioners, people who do chiropractics and, and physiotherapy who train with us because when they combine their treatments with, you know, telling people do those natural movements, hold those natural movement positions and stuff, they've realized that the healing, you know, uh, the therapy was just increasingly more potent 
And so there's a word of math around that a lot. And it's catching up also with uh, the strength and classic strength and conditioning world because they realize that we may have additional tools that they're not aware of yet. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's, when you were speaking in the beginning, I thought for sure you'd work with the military because you were definitely talking about some things that sounded very, very suitable for the special forces. And I know they would definitely love what you're talking about. And uh, I'm going to direct as many people as I can to you. I'm going to become a student of yours because this sounds very interesting. And not just because of the natural movement, right? Because of the ethos, because of the ethos of this idea of connecting mind and body and heart. And that's so much in alignment with what I'm teaching just from a different realm, right? I'm doing my best to connect the demographic, my demographic to that. Absolutely. You know, I can sense that you have uh, that heart condition, then, you know, it's like your drive is, um, okay, anyone can be on out there on social media, do tons of stuff. But I sense in you that you are absolutely very composed, very clear, and really trying to get the gems, really trying to extract the gold for your for the people who trust in you, who are trust that they can place that time and that tension into your message, your material, your, what your guests have to say, because you're trying to bring something of value into people's lives. And so that is, you know, all credit to you. You could be a, say, a, a bodybuilding coach and have that heart of looking at, you know, the all-encompassing person through bodybuilding, through dance, through martial arts through music, through a sport. You know, the best coaches in sports, they never just talked about the strategy. Right. They talked to the heart. They talked to the whole person mm-hmm. because they wanted to have every individual in the team to connect to the spirit of the whole team, to put all their heart in it, to have that synergy that's so strong, so potent. So when you're a good teacher, when you're a good coach, you can be an excellent coach at your specific skill. Okay, place your fingers like this. This is how you play uh, the clarinet or the guitar or some coaches. They know how to reach your mind and your heart, not for themselves, but because they understand that you're a whole person and that the skill that you learn is a tool for that. Chop the wood, carry the water. Chop the wood, carry the water. Chop the wood, carry the water. I mean, come on, man. The guy is like a freaking badass, best sword man ever seen. And he goes to see that other older master to learn that one skill that he's like, this is going to make me perfect. Chop the wood, carry the water for years. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, teach me. I've slaved for you for all that time. So what's up now? Well, I just need to learn, you know, patience and humility and just humility, most importantly. Brilliant. I was talking about that exact thing yesterday. So thank you for that reference. And we're both on the same page. Yeah. Remember Bruce Lee. Yeah. People love Bruce Lee, but why is it? Because he was not just a great, he had that charisma that was beyond Kung Fu, beyond the movements and the techniques and the martial art. He spoke with philosophy so he could reach he could tap into a higher level of awareness for his students so that they would open to more than just looking at the fist and looking at the body parts and looking at the movement patterns of a technique. They were looking deeper into the practice, how they were doing the practice. So they were looking at intention. Erwan, very grateful for your time today. I'm grateful for your wisdom. 
Thank you. It's been amazing to connect with you, and I will absolutely hope to be in touch in the near future. Uh, with great pleasure, Ben. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, that's a wrap for today. Thank you for joining the live broadcast, and we will see you again soon. And that's a wrap, ladies and gents. Thank you very much for tuning into this podcast with Erwan LaCour. I want to give Erwan a special shout out and his Move Nat workshops around the world. He's training some really high level individuals from MMA fighters and special forces operators and just average people. And his himself and his instructors are doing an incredible job teaching people how to connect with their body, how to move in a way that will sustain life and vitality, not just now, but for many, many years to come. Thank you very much for being here. I know you have many, many choices and many places you can go with your time. Thank you for supporting myself. Thank you for supporting the podcast. And thank you for supporting our sponsors because sponsors make this podcast possible. If you enjoy the podcast, we always appreciate you guys supporting the sponsors. If you like it, you can head over to wildalaskanseafoodbox.com. Use the code BEN for $20 off your order and free scallops for life, at least as long as you continue subscribing. Enjoy your day, guys. Live your greatest life in a body that you absolutely love. Thank you so much for tuning in to Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Pikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.